You're listening to The 123 Show with me, Noreen Mayer, this Friday afternoon. A bit of a trigger warning here. We're talking about mental health and also the several uh, recent suicides which have been linked to the recent protests and political climate here in Hong Kong. To mull over this, we are joined by Clarence Chung, the Executive Director of Samaritan Befrienders Hong Kong. Welcome to the program, Clarence. Thank Hi, you Noreen. for joining us. I, I wish we were catching up on uh, more positive terms, but unfortunately, this is the the reality of the situation. We are on Facebook Live as well. Right. For those of you who want to join our discussion or comment, uh, feel free to join us there as well. Noreen Mayer on RTHK Radio 3. First of all, let, let's start with some of the latest figures, perhaps, right. of, of people calling your hotline. Yeah. Uh, starting from 1st of June, uh, we've got uh, uh, over 50 calls from uh, people with suicide, um, no, emotional distress, more of them, okay? Emotional distress because of the social movement. And uh, unfortunately, not all of them are people who are um, young, okay? Some of them are adults, some of them are even elderly people, you know? So it's, it's kind of a thing that's um, affecting the whole community. And uh, and another thing is that we can see that a lot of young people, even having emotional distress because of this movement, they may not seek for help at all, right? Uh, they may have um, their distress um, released or at least air out in their own community, uh, on the internet or you know on the site of uh, the protest. You know, uh, this may not be healthy at all when they have a lot of negative feelings and emotions and they kind of accumulate and intensify um, when they get together and um, you know that's why it may be a reason you know that um, some of them uh, committed suicide uh, recently and it's very sad when these people call are these people who are wanting to commit suicide or is it a cry of a cry for help a cry for help and uh, hoping that someone can listen to them you know not uh, not a lot. In fact, only a very small number will have a suicide intention when they call us. You know, uh, those uh, who seek for help, uh, at least you know they they really want someone to help them. All right. So uh, the um, uh, um, risk of suicide may not be very high, but uh, they really want someone to listen to them when. You know, in the community, um, that there, there are you know basically two groups of people having very different views, political views at, um, about the current situation, and so the tension in the community is high, and it's um, you know even more in in the in the family at home, you know, and uh, between the old generation and the young generation. And so um, I would say, you know, it's a time that we really have to um, listen to each other, you know, um, no, not uh, uh, fighting against each other and, and, and uh, uh, to, uh, you know, um, trying to make others, you know, listen to them is not a way um, to solve the problems. What sorts of negative feelings are these people experiencing? Are, are they talking about despair? Is there a sense of blame uh, towards the young people? What are these people feeling? What, what do they tell you? Well, uh, for the young people, I think they, they um, are kind of um, in, in, this, uh, in, in a state of uh, hopeless, okay, and uh, not seeing the future. 
and they have um, uh, tension at home because uh, parents may not listen to them. Or have a completely different yeah, political yeah, um, yeah. And, mindset. And, um, you know, whatever they do, the family members may, I mean, the parents may stop them to uh, join the uh, protest or, uh, you know, and, and some of them are uh, really uh, at the front line. And that can be even uh, worse, you know. Uh, uh, you know, fa- uh, I, I, I can really understand that the parents may have a, a big worries of uh, the their safety, uh, the kids' safety. So um, it's kind of a tension in the family too. And uh, of course, you know, the, um, the, the young people may also uh, have a fear of being arrested. Uh, uh, you know, uh, in the protest, uh, they, they may have some, done something a bit violent, uh, at least, you know, to the um, government's point of view, uh, is illegal. And they also worry about, you know, friends of the same group. You know, and um, and after there are suicide cases, um, they their emotional distress is even getting worse because of that. I think uh, we were sort of at a, an emotional uh, tipping point when the first suicide uh, occurred, when yeah. the, the the young gentleman uh, fell off Pacific Place, and the next day everybody you know went to the protest and commemorated yep. him. Um, how how much of it comes down to copycat suicides and? You know, what's the relationship well, between... Well, I, I, I think we can all see that uh, is happening. Uh, what we call worth it effect uh, in uh, uh, our field. Uh, and, um, you know, one by one, uh, now we have four cases already committing suicide. Um, it's kind of a problem uh, because, you know, when the media and uh, especially also on the internet, the people are talking about this and uh, theorize the situation, uh, making them uh, martyrs, heroes, and, um, you know, all that kind of stuff, uh, describing detail the situation and uh, why they, they committed suicide and, uh, you know, and, and talking about their last words. All these um, um, making um, copycat effect and people with a similar situation, similar feelings, similar thoughts, especially in a social movement, a big one, you know, uh, a lot of people are having similar thoughts and they will feel that um, uh, they kind of uh, have the same thoughts uh, that they, they will try to do similar things, you know, yeah. especially when they are not understood by others. So let's talk about sort of the role of the media. I mean, first of all, I can only comment on RTHK's uh, right. policy. We, we don't report on suicides um, in, our, in our news bulletin. We only report on murder suicides. So what is the role of the media and how should suicide be reported? Because it is news in a way, but how should it be reported? Well, um, I wouldn't say that uh, the media shouldn't uh, report suicide cases at all is uh, at least uh, we have to respect the freedom of speech, freedom of, uh, you know, news reporting, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so it's okay to report. It's just that we shouldn't describe in detail of the cases. You know, the more you, you report on the details, the, the easier people will um, copy uh, the same thing when they have uh, s- uh, similar uh, background, similar thoughts and all that kind of stuff. So um, don't uh, try to uh, describe everything, you know, and this is one thing. And the second is um, we can see that people are using 
the wrong words to describe the situation. You know, uh, heroization is really a big problem now. And martyr, martyrship, yeah, yeah, of course, we've yes. seen those and words. This would be dangerous, around. you know. Um, we don't want one more, you know. Although maybe some people think that they uh, have sacrificed uh, themselves and uh, they they want to remember remember these people. Um, that I can understand uh, to a certain extent, but uh, heroization is making others to copy and emulate. This yeah. is not good at all. Clarence, are you seeing an improvement in the way the media is reporting uh, suicides? For example, just taking these last four, some of the Chinese media where I can think of examples where they would put it on front page or sensationalize. Yeah. Yeah. I've noticed a, a difference in tone yeah. in, in some yeah. of them and they don't yeah. go into the background story the, of yes. them. Have you noticed a, a yes, shift? Yes, I, I do. You know, in the past 10 years after we have uh, do a lot of um, promotion of not uh, uh, de uh, detailing the, uh, the uh, cases of suicide, uh, I, I see that uh, reporters, media, are um, doing much better now in reporting these cases. But uh, we are facing another issue is just that uh, the internet is developing and the social media is uh, widely used by the general public and uh, we just can't control right and um is a public thing and a lot of people just uh uh you know s uh, speak whatever they want you know in in their ways and so it's uh, a bit uh, difficult for us to say anything but uh, we try to um uh, talk about uh, how uh, copycat effect can uh, affect others and uh, hoped that uh, they will listen to us but, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's not easy. You raised a good point about social media. That that also brings up the point that, you know, uh, that there was a person yesterday who, who, who talked about suicide and then posted about it, went missing, and people spent about 10 hours looking. Yep. Um, eventually, you know, he was found. We were one of them. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so how might that actually, you know, that's not the media, that's social media. That's and, the media. And how might that inspire copycat incidents? You know, some someone who wants the attention gets the 10 hour of attention and then the next person might might, might copy well um, in a social media you know um, people are easily um, moved by stories okay and uh, you know when when they're moved they will um, you know intensify it intensify the feelings inten intensify the uh, the passion intensify the, the ideas of uh, you know people um, uh, committing suicide for the sake of uh, the good of others, you know what we what we call it um, altruistic suicide. Um, this kind of um, uh, act will make uh, more people in the um, in on the internet to um, empathize uh, the cases, and uh, this kind of empathy will lead to more people to um, uh, copy the cases. Do you think we'll see more suicides? Yeah, 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 leading to more cases. And, um, uh, but this is uh, the internet world and um, we, we all know that uh, the, the effect can widely spread in a very short time. Not like the media before, you know, 
for newspapers or for radio, okay, in the past we can still affect a lot of people. But, uh, um, you know, we can also do some counter measures to do that. You know, we, we can talk to the media, we can talk to um, the radio, right? And, uh, uh, but uh, on the internet, uh, it's not easy for us to tell everybody what to do, what ought not to do, right? But uh, the negative message uh, can spread in a very short time to a lot of people uh, on the internet. So, um, I mean, in the social media, then, then it's really, um, uh, the impact is really big. Yeah, I, I want to talk a little bit more about sort of, you know, we all can say we're in a critical point in politics, but some people will say this is a man-made situation. I want to compare this with perhaps people who are facing natural disasters. How does that mentality, you know, when you're facing natural disasters, that sense of despair also exists. How does this man-made despair uh, sort of uh, compare with natural disaster despair? I mean, people... Are we mentally more fragile here in Hong Kong compared to people who may have gone through uh, the tsunami, for example, or the or the, the earthquakes uh, in Japan? And, you know, th their situation is, you know, life and death, you know, whereas this is a political situation. It's, you know, some people might say it's not as serious. Uh, are we more mentally fragile? I, I wouldn't say that, you know, um, these are two totally different things. And, um, you know, you see that a lot of people in those places with a lot of natural disasters, they, they're only alive, they will feel that this kind of disasters are normal. It's not uncommon. It's just that uh, people not in these places and visit these countries may be a bit panicked about uh, like uh, earthquake or that kind of stuff. But people living there, do not have this kind of fear at all, right? But uh, of course, after the disasters, they may have a time of um, uh, disorder, all right? Like uh, because of the loss of families, members, because of uh, the loss of the house, uh, the loss of the um, property, you know. And uh, but we see that a lot of people uh, can recover after a certain period of time uh, because of these um, uncontrollable things. But uh, like that in Hong Kong, we don't have this kind of disasters, but uh, we people still have um, a big uh, emotional distress because, you know, you know, there are things that they cannot control also, right? Um, they feel that uh, if they do something, something can be changed. But the reality may not be the same, uh, may not be what they want, you know. And this can also create a, uh, quite a, um, a big uh, emotional distress to them. Um, they, they think what should be, but the reality is not really the case. That can be a source of disappointment, a source of um, stress, and a source of hopelessness. So um, I would say we shouldn't say that, uh, you know, people of Hong Kong or the young generation of Hong Kong is uh, 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 fragile comparing with uh, people living in the places with a lot of disasters. Um, you know, we just can't compare, you know. Yeah. You know, I was going to say, what should we do if we notice friends or family who are in that state of emotional distress or who are despairing over the, the, the current climate and you notice that they, they've been not themselves? 
Um, you mean in families? Yes, in families. In family, uh, I would say, and, and friends or people. And friends. Yes. Yeah. Um, for family members noticing that, um, at least one thing we have to do is that uh, we try to listen. Uh, as I've said, you know, tension in families uh, are big now. Okay, when Probably they have different it, political yeah. views, and uh, it's normal, uh, I would say. Um, because in the whole community, we also have this kind of tension too, right? So it's something normal. But um, we all try to respect others' feels, um, others' values. So um, why not just uh, showing that uh, you are willing to listen? You know, you don't need to force your family members to follow your ways, right? But uh, just try to listen to them. When you talk about uh, the current situation, and if you find that conflicts are really there, you may try not to have direct conversation of that issue too much. All right, uh, instead of um, you know speaking a lot of um, you know bad words, why not just write instead? And remember one thing: when you do the conversation, uh, be it is uh, in a written way or a sp- spoken, um, give a word to that to your family members that uh, you still love them. Yeah. Right. It w- it won't change, right? Uh, no matter what. So just tell them that. You know, in the in the Chinese community, we always do not have these showing to our family members that we we love them, right? It's never really said. No, yeah. because we don't uh, even hu- you know sometimes we don't even hug our no our we parents. don't we don't yeah. we don't hug we don't say we love them because you know it's like uh, it's so embarrassing to do that uh, especially for parents to do that when I, I I would always say you know when they your kids are young you you hug them right you say you love them but when they're getting older even in the teenage you don't do that at all right um, but why not. You, they're still your kids. Exactly. It's not too late to do that. Start no, today. Not, Start hugging your late. kids and your and your parents. Yeah, and uh, you know, do some other activities other than just uh, talking about the uh, current uh, political issues. You know, you can go picnic. You can go hiking. You can have sports activities with your family members. You know, so your focus can shift to other stuff. And uh, this can be a way that your family can run out of uh, this kind of tension. And uh, to those having emotional distress because of that tension in at home, will certainly feel that the pressure can be released a lot. Yeah. yeah, it's somewhat easier if they are showing signs of distress. You can almost talk to them or take their mind of things. I think the truth is some people are very good at hiding their emotions. I mean, oh, the, yes. the, the most recent suicide, uh, the, the, the 28-year-old lady uh, um, in Changsha Wan, you know, her friends described her as someone very positive, very bubbly. Oh, yes. So it's... It's those ones that are sort of, you know, you never expect those ones to commit suicide. So this what do is, you do? This is a problem now um, because normally, um, uh, you know, experience, uh, most of the people with suicide intention or committing suicide do have uh, different stages and symptoms that you can uh, spot. Uh, but uh, we have, we found some different now, uh, different cases now that they 
do, uh, maybe they are a bit impulsive because of uh, the current situation that uh, their uh, demands are not answered. So they choose this kind of um, you know uh, aggressive way to respond to the to the government and respond to the situation. And um, I I wouldn't say there are you know good ways to spot them. But uh, for family members of friends, uh, we do have to care about um, their, the, the emotions of people joining the social movement. Uh, ask them more of the situation, but um, of course not giving a, a sense to them that uh, you, you want to control them, but uh, you just want to care about um, their, their mental uh, situation, you know. And uh, seek for professional help if needed, you know, and this is important. Exactly. There's no shame at all to experience no. these uh, emotions, but, you know, do seek for help. Clarence, have you got a hotline that people can call uh, you yeah, on as well? Yeah, yeah, we have a hotline, 24-hour uh, hotline, 2389-2222. And we also have a chat room uh, for young people, uh, an app uh, called Chatpoint. And uh, uh, you can also go uh, to the to the website uh, at uh, um, chatpoint.org.hk. Excellent. And I know the Social Welfare Department also have opened up a hotline as well, uh, 2343-2255. That's 2343-2255. Meanwhile, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. Clarence Jung, the Executive Director of the Samaritan Befrienders Hong Kong. Thank you very thank much. You.